0: If you have your Bible this morning and would like to read with me what I feel like the Lord has laid upon my heart, I'm going to read one verse today. Well, I should say one verse of text because I will probably read a few other texts or a few other verses, but one, one verse for our text. We're going to go to Philippians uh, chapter 4 and verse 19. This is a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. We could all quote it by heart, right? Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, and he says these words in the fourth chapter in the 19th verse. And I'm reading the King James Version. So he says, But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's good stuff, right? But my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I'm going to just stop right there, ask that you bow your heads and let's pray together and ask the Lord for his help in ministering his Word, Father, we are so grateful today that we have felt your presence as we have sang songs of worship and we have endeavored to entertain the precious Holy Spirit. We come to the reading of your word this morning and Lord, I would ask you that you would just simply give me divine ability that is not my own. I pray that you would anoint me with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I ask that you would put your words in my mind, your words in my mouth, and let the words that I speak come forth this morning with clarity, with understanding, and Lord, with the anointing and the power of your spirit, I pray. I ask you to bless me to be a blessing. Lord, give me liberty. You said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, and I pray that you would let me function in the spirit of the lord this morning anointed by the holy spirit to have liberty to speak what you've placed upon my heart i pray that jesus will be glorified that people will be edified and encouraged and instructed and and lifted up and lord we ask all of these things we thank you for all of these things and we ask them now in the mighty and wonderful name of jesus and everyone in agreement said amen amen so I want to title my message this morning, The Prospect for Heavenly Provision, The Prospect for Heavenly Provision. I just, I'll start just by asking, you know, when I was putting my sermon notes together, I thought, you know, all of us want to be blessed, so I'm just going to start by asking all of you here this morning, how many of you desire for God to meet all of your needs? Are we all in on that one? Everybody here goes, yep, yep, count me in. I mean, we all want God to supply all of our needs, and if the truth be told, we would not only like for him to meet our need, but supply some of our wants as well. Amen? Amen? So no doubt we've all read that verse and we've all seen that verse and at some point we've all heard it a, a quoted or on some occasion we quoted it ourselves. we've read it, maybe at some point in our life we've tried to stand on that promise and claim it for uh, 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 God's promise in our life. So this 19th verse is very familiar portion of scripture. We have all read it, we are all familiar with it. We, amen. It, it comes as no surprise to us. But I want to ask you this morning, do you realize that our ability to receive is directly connected to our ability to give? Somebody said, Oh Lord Jesus, he's gonna preach about money. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. You can turn loose your wallet You can put your purse back down. It's all good. I'm not going to talk about money. Because for those that think that, you know, that scripture is just about money, let me ask you something this morning. Is that all you need in your life is money? I submit to you that you need more than just money. Hello? Hello? Paul says that God shall supply not some but all of your needs according to his riches in glory. And I submit to you this morning that while we do need money and we do need financial provision, I believe that the apostle Paul was speaking about more than just money. Because we all need more than just financial blessings in our life. Money cannot buy us redemption or reconciliation. And the scripture makes it clear that we all need the salvation of God. Amen. Amen. Money cannot buy us love and yet we all have a desire to find love for our lives. Money cannot buy us a clear conscience. Money cannot buy us happiness. Money cannot buy us peace of mind or joy. Amen. That is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Money cannot buy you a good night's sleep. Hello? Hello? Beloved, what I'm saying this morning is that we all have needs in our life and money cannot fulfill all of those needs. So while this scripture does include financial provision, it is talking about so much more than just money. Paul did not say that God would supply some of our needs and not others But rather, he says, but my God shall supply all of your needs, meaning the whole realm of the need of man. How many of you know that the Bible says that in him we live and we move and we have our being? In other words, without him, we are nothing. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Without him, amen, we are empty vessels. But I'm telling you this morning, when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ uh, and we have an intimate relationship, amen, with our Savior, amen, I want you to understand this morning that he fills all of our needs in and by him we live and move and have our being. Hmm. There are times that we need spiritual provision. How many of you have ever felt spiritually dry and needed to have, amen, just the flood of the Holy Spirit to come into your heart? There are times that we need a spiritual provision. There are times that we need emotional provision. There are times that we may need a physical provision by the power of God. And there are times that we may need God to answer a situational or a circumstantial problem in our life. uh, Because we all face certain things uh, that we need to have answers for in our life. And God says here in his word that he will support supply not some but all of our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Yes, money is a necessity and it's inevitable requirement in our life, but we need more than just money. So my message this morning is not just about money, but it's about all of our needs being supplied. BY AND THROUGH THE GRACE OF GOD, THROUGH JESUS CHRIST, AMEN, AND IT IS ABOUT HOW OUR GIVING OR BY OUR GIVING, WE SET OURSELVES UP TO RECEIVE, AMEN, A HEAVENLY SUPPLY OF GOD'S BLESSINGS. THIS MORNING, I WANT TO DISSECT THIS SCRIPTURE. And take it a little deeper, and I pray that the Lord will allow me to draw out some truths that maybe you have never stopped to consider when it comes to Philippians 4.19. And the first thing that I want you to consider is what it is connected with. And if you still have your Bible open, I want you to read it with me, because I'm just going to read it carefully. So you can read along with me. But I, I want you to notice what the previous verses says. I mean, we, we know what Philippians 4:19 says, we all can quote that. We're familiar with that. But we, we need to understand that it is connected to the previous verses. So Philippians chapter four, beginning with verse nine. I'm reading the God's word translation. And this is what it says. Paul says, practice what you have learned and received from me. He said, you know, live your life after the example that I've set. Practice what you have learned and received from me, what you have heard and saw me do. Then God will give you peace and will be with you. The Lord has filled me with joy because you again showed interest or concern for me. You were concerned, you were interested, but you did not have an opportunity to show it. But he says now in verse 11, and I'm not saying this because I am in need. I'm not preaching this this morning because I am in need. I'm not. I'm not bragging, but I am just blessed of the Lord. So I'm not preaching this this morning because I need something. Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatsoever situation that I am in. Now, that's a very profound statement. There have been times in my life my wife can testify. I mean, her and I, we've been married 38 years, and there were times that we just, I mean, we didn't have anything. Hello? And then there were times that we've just sat back and went, I can't even believe how the Lord has blessed us and allowed us to do things and and just lavished his resources and his blessings on our life. So Paul is saying, I'm the same way. He said, I've learned to be content in whatever situation that I'm in. I know how to live in poverty and prosperity. I've been in both. No matter what situation he says that I'm in, I've learned the secret of how to live when I am full and when I am hungry, when I have too much, and when I have too little. And we've all been there. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's, he's saying that it was God's ability that gave him the ability to live in poverty and live in abundance and, and, and to know how to, you know, have a good, have a good time and kind of let the, the strings out and how to tighten the belt when things got rough. We've all been there. But he says in verse 14, and here's where I'm headed. Nevertheless, It was kind of you to share in my troubles. You Philippians know that in the early days when I left the providence of Macedonia to spread the good news, you were the only church. You were the only church to share your money with me. You gave me what I needed and you received what I gave you. Even while I was in Thessalonica, he's not even preaching to them. He says, Even when I was in Thessalonica, I wasn't in Philippi, but I was in another town. You provided for me twice. What is he saying? He said, I wasn't even in your city. And you gathered together an offering and a blessing, and you sent it to me two times. You gave. You, you sponsored the work of the kingdom of God. And he says in verse 17, not that I'm looking for a gift. He said, I'm not saying that because I want to take an offering. I'm not saying that because I'm looking for a gift from you. He says, in fact, listen to this. He says, the opposite is true. I am looking for your resources to increase. I'm not preaching this this morning so that I can gain something from you. I am preaching the truth of God's word to you this morning so that your resources may increase. Mm. I, and and not and again I'm about money. I'm talking about your joy, your your ability to walk in grace and mercy. He says, "He says, Amen. You have paid me in full, and I have more than enough. And my, now that Ephroditus has brought to me your gifts, I am filled. Your gifts and your your offering was a, a soothing aroma and a sacrifice that was accepted, Amen, and pleasing unto God. And then he says, notice that verse eighteen and verse nineteen are collected with a conjunction, but." My God, do you catch that this morning? That, that but, he doesn't start off by saying my God. He's saying, but all of these things that you have done, all of these things that you have given, they have put you in a position to be blessed by God. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In other words, because you have done these things, God will now do these things. Are you following me? Amen, but is a conjunction. Paul is saying, amen, what I am about to say now, but what I am about to say now is connected with what I just said. What I just said, I just talked to you, I just wrote you a thank you note for the times that you gave and the times that you supplemented my ministry and the times that you, amen, were a blessing, maybe not just, amen, with financial gifts, but with their encouraging words, amen, and their backing and their, and their uplifting one another and uplifting him and his ministry, amen. He's saying, I'm just writing you a thank you note to tell you how appreciative that I am and how it's blessed my life and now I need you to understand because you have done these things my God will supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus Paul is saying amen I am writing to tell you that because you have given of yourselves Let me just tell you this morning, when you give of your talents and your abilities and you give your mercy and your grace and you extend, amen, a grace to those that don't deserve, you know, the grace that God has extended to you when you extend mercy and forgiveness to others that don't deserve it, amen, what I'm telling you is you are sowing your next harvest, Amen. So in its proper context, verse 19 is not written to just anyone. It's not written to just anyone. It's written to those to express a promise based upon an action that has been taken. It's not written to those who are stingy with their grace and their forgiveness and their mercy. It's not written to those that have robbed God in their giving. It's not written to those, amen, who have withheld what belongs to the Lord. Jesus said we have freely received and we should freely give. If we have withheld that from others, then we are robbing the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? amen in the previous verses above our text paul is telling the church in philippi thank you for your offering thank you for your contributions thank you for your generosity and your charitable heart i have received the offering that you sent me and i am full and i abound because of the gift that you extended unto me and now he says i just want to be able to thank you and because you have sown, you will also reap. Because you have sown, you will also reap. I want you to understand this morning that sowing and reaping is not merely a natural law, but it is also a spiritual law. Again, I remind you, it's not just about money, and I'm going to read some scriptures that I believe prove that. When we give mercy, we will receive mercy, or we will harvest mercy. When we give love, we will harvest love. When we extend kindness, we will receive or harvest kindness amen and the true is in the negative as well hosea chapter 8 and verse 7 said of the children of israel they have sown to the wind and they will reap the whirlwind the bible also says in psalms 126 and verse 5 they that sow in tears will return again rejoicing in other words there is a harvest for everything that we sow The truth is that whatever we are sowing is exactly what we are going to reap. How many of you know that you do not plant watermelon and get corn? Hello? You don't plant corn and get green beans. Whatever you are sowing is exactly what you are going to reap back. Pastor Gary, do you have scripture to prove that? I do. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 it says, Be not deceived. Don't fool yourself. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And then he goes on to say, let us not be weary in well-doing. Amen. For in due season we will reap. We will get a harvest. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes to cast your bread upon the water. And after many days it will return unto you he says he says we have a due season to reap if we faint not and in verse 10 of that uh, sixth chapter of the book of galatians he says therefore is as we have opportunity let us do good unto all men especially to them who are of the household of faith Galatians 6, 7 through 8 in the God's Word translation says it like this Make no mistake. You can never make a fool out of God, for whatever you plant is what you will harvest. Maybe I should just stop right here and ask Are you ready to reap what you have sown? Hello? Maybe I should duck when I ask that. If we plant in the soil of our corrupt nature, you will reap a harvest of destruction. If we plant in the soil of our spiritual nature, we will reap a harvest of life everlasting. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, give and it shall be given. And every time we quote that scripture, people automatically think of money. He's not talking about money. He says give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will men give unto your bosom? Because with the same measure that you meet or give with all, it shall be measured to you again. He says in the God's Word translation, because the standard that you use for others will be applied to you. So he's not just talking about money, but he's talking about when we extend mercy and grace to those that do not deserve it, then when we stand in need of mercy and grace, we're going to reap exactly what we have sown. If we've, Amen. If we've sown a bony finger looking down our nose at somebody, amen, in condemnation, I'm going to tell you what you're going to reap. You're going to reap the very same thing that you sowed. Hmm. So the first thing that I would like to point out this morning is that the, the text was written, Galatia, or if he, Lord God, I'm all over the New Testament, <laughs> Philippians 4.19. It was written to show us or give us a promise as the result of our giving. The promise is based upon an action. Paul made the statement based upon the fact that they had given, they had sown. And his statement was made as a result of their giving. I'm going to make a statement here this morning that might rattle some. Amen. Don't try to claim the promise of verse 19. If you are not obeying 9 through 18, you'll be disappointed. Because you are gonna reap what you have sown. Let me read first or second Corinthians chapter nine and verse six to you. Paul, the same guy, underneath the same anointing of the Holy Spirit, writes these words. But this I say, this I say, this I, I'm telling you, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. If you plant You know, a half acre worth of seed in 60 acres worth of ground, you're not going to reap 60 acres worth of ground. You're not going to get 60 acres worth of harvest. You're going to get a half acre, exactly what you sowed. He that sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And he that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Listen to this, this is important. Every man, according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, but give out of a cheerful heart, because God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. There were times in the early, early part of our ministry when the Lord first called me to preach, and there were times when we would get down to just, I mean, you know, little bitty in the checkbook. And you know what my wife and I would do? I know people in the world thought we were probably crazy, but we'd go to dinner. Why would you do a thing like that? To celebrate that we were going to be just fine. That God was faithful. And we had already done what he had called asked us to do. And we knew no matter where it was, when it was, or how it was going to come about, there was going to come a moment when God was going to come through. Because God would supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We called it a faith thing. So here's what he says. He says, if you're sowing, you're going to reap every man according as he purposes in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly, not of necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. And then he says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. Does that sound like lack to you? That you having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. I don't know if I have shared this I've shared it with, you know, folks individually but I don't know if I've ever shared this with the church as a whole but I remember there was a time right after I first gave my heart to the Lord and I come off of the music you know, playing music, and I'd made a bunch of money playing music and all that. But I, I I mean, we, I'd given my heart to the Lord, and I wasn't going to go back to the music scene. Tried to find work in the construction industry, and early in the 80s, they weren't building too much around this area. And so we, we, I mean, we really didn't have much. And I knew that they were going to be having a special offering This that Sunday, that coming Sunday. And so Sunday morning, we didn't have anything that we could give, but Sunday morning that 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 I knew they were going to be taking that offering. I'm standing in the kitchen about six o'clock in the morning. And it wasn't nobody there, just me and Mr. Coffee. And I poured me a cup of coffee. And I said to myself, Oh God, I want to give this morning. I know there's a need and I want to be able to give. I want to be able to give, and and I was so, I did, but we didn't have anything. I didn't have five dollars, and I said these words. God, it would be great if I, if I had 50 bucks that I could put in the offering and do my part, and tears start running down my face because I wanted to give so bad. My wife comes walking in, and, and she looks at me, and she says, what's the matter, and I said, oh, nothing, I'm just, so I explained to her, you know, and, and then I said to her the same thing I said to the Lord wouldn't it be great if I had 50 bucks that we could give? We went to church that morning. I didn't, and I, again, I didn't have $5, much less $50. But I went to church that morning, and we're sitting there in our seat, and uh, the pastor gets up and makes the need known, and just silently, I still feel it. Just silently tears start running down my face. And I'm like, God, I want to give so badly. And and I don't have anything. And someone tapped me on the shoulder. And I turned to my side, and we were sitting on the end, and someone tapped me on the shoulder, and I turned to see who it was, and there was a gentleman. Sitting there, and he said to me, God woke me up at six o'clock this morning and told me to give this to you. And if I don't give it to you right now, he's gonna knock me out of my seat. (laughs) I turned around like this. It was Doc Hill, for those of you that know Doc. I turned around, and Doc placed a $50 bill in my hand. I could have just shouted. Now, here's what the scripture says in verse 10. I'm reading you. You know, He that ministers seed to the sower. He that ministers seed to the sower. He's saying God will even give you the seed if you're just willing to give. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. He that ministers seed to the sower. Amen. Amen. The minister, he he ministers bread for your food, and he will multiply your seed that is sown. The God's Word translation says, remember this, the farmer who plants seed will have a small, or few seeds will have a small harvest, but the farmer who plants a large amount of seed will have a large harvest. And then he says, God gives to the farmer the food, amen, that is necessary, and God will also give you the seed and multiply it in your life. I want you to know this morning that God wants to give you. If you are not giving, you don't need seed. But if you are a giver, God will see to it that you have seed. And again, I'm not just talking about money. Amen offer others grace and forgiveness and you will reap a harvest of grace and forgiveness offer others mercy and you will receive a harvest of mercy offer others kindness and gentleness and you will reap what you have sown offer to other second chances and do-overs and when you need a do-over and you need a second chance you're going to find a harvest amen to give you the same thing that you have sown and if you do it sparingly you're going to reap sparingly and if you do it bountifully you're going to you're going to reap bountiful. if you do it grudgingly don't do that God loves a cheerful giver if you're going to give somebody forgiveness and mercy do it cheerfully if you're going to do it at all Or if you don't do it at all, you're not going to reap it all. I tell you this morning that we, amen, need to be givers. And when we give, we set ourselves up to receive blessings from the Lord. Amen. I'm going to give you five quick points this morning, or hopefully they're quick. (laughs) Concerning Philippians 4.19, five things that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart about. Number one. The first truth that I would like to point out is that the promise is personal. It says, but my God, my God, he's not just my mom and daddy's God. He's not just my grandma and my grandpa's God. He's my God. There's a difference. Can you say amen? 2 Timothy 1 and 12 said, for I know in whom I have believed. I don't just know about him, but I know him. He's not just God, but he's my God. It's personal. My God shall supply. If you've ever given your heart to the Lord, then he's not just God. He is your God. And if he is your God, if he is my God, then he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. If he is your God and he is my God, he will never abandon us. If he is your God and he is my God, then I know that when I am faced with the circumstances or I'm faced with a need in my life, he will make a way where there does not seem to be a way because he is our God and he is faithful who promised Psalms 37 and 25. The psalmist David said, I have been young and now I am old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Hebrews 10 and 23 said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful who promised Numbers 23 and 23 said, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it? And shall he not do it? Have he spoken it? And shall he not make it good? I'm telling you this morning, even when you give, God said, I'll give back to you. I'll cause you to reap a harvest. Amen. And that harvest is so many wonderful things, but you got a sow to reap. Paul is saying, my God, he's your God this morning. Amen. And if we just rely upon Him, He'll make good His word. Second truth that I want to point out that that I see in this thing is that the promise it contains the promise to supply not some but all of our needs. He says, "Shall not God will contemplate it, or you know maybe God will contribute to it." He says, "God shall supply." all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So I looked up the word shall. Webster said the word shall means must. Right underneath that it says will be able to, so he can. And the words shall, I love this one, is expressed to use what is inevitable. My God shall. He must, he can, and he will do inevitably. Paul is saying that because we have been a blessing and God has allowed, we've allowed God to use us to meet the needs of others, then God must, God can, and God will inevitably meet our needs. The third thing that I see in here that I'd like to point out is that it speaks of provision. How many of you have found sometimes that there's too much month at the end of the money? Found out that there's too much stress at the end of the day? Found out that there's not always enough joy in the trials of life? Well, never fear. God has promised to supply not some, but all of your needs, both large and small. I want you to understand this morning that God is concerned with every area of your life every area of your life you need joy amen he can give you joy that's unspeakable and full of glory you need peace he's got your back you need forgiveness he died so that you could be set free do you need money at the end of the month you know what Peter found out Peter needed money to pay his taxes and you know what Jesus told him to do go fishing okay and the first fish that Peter pulled up had a coin in its mouth that paid not only his taxes, but Jesus' taxes. Amen. What you're concerned with, God is not concerned. Amen. What you're, I mean, I'm telling you, what he can meet. You are fussing and fretting and worrying about how this is going to come together. And with all things, God, with God, all things are possible. He I mean he's not concerned about it. They didn't have a conference this morning worrying about how they're going to meet your need. Hello. Fourth thing that I'd like to point out is amen that is it points to his prosperity, not ours. God shall supply all of your need according to whose riches? His riches. His riches and glory. His riches. Well, I will tell you this morning, heaven did not file for bankruptcy today. (laughs) He has what you need. Amen. Some people interpret the King James language to mean a specific place, a statement about a location. God would recompense the Philippians according to the things of heaven. No, here's here's what it says in the Greek. The Greek word literally means in a glorious way. So really, Philippians 4.19 could read, but my God shall supply all of your needs in a glorious way, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. When Jesus paid it all, it included all that we would ever need number five, the fifth truth that I want to point out is verse number 20. What is the purpose for all of this? What is the purpose for our giving and God giving us a harvest and all of those things? Here's the purpose. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All of that is to be able to give glory to God and thanksgiving to God for his provision in our life. When God provides for us, it speaks well of him. When God demonstrates his goodness to his children, it brings glory to him and thanksgiving from our hearts. And when we thank him and serve him and love him and worship him, it brings glory unto him. It reveals to him that we trust in him and not the things of this world. Conclusion this morning. Determine that you are going to be a giver. And again, I'm not just talking about money. But determine that you are going to be a giver. Give your trust to him. Give your mercy and grace to others. Give so that the kingdom of God might be expanded. And the harvest that you will reap, the harvest that, will you, that you will reap will be exactly what you have sown. Bow your heads, please. How many of you have ever noticed With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. How many of you have ever noticed that often when I close in prayer, I pray for families and I pray that God will bless you materially, emotionally, physically, spiritually. I pray that God will bless you in every area of your life. Before we dismiss our services. It's a futile prayer if you're not a giver. It's a futile prayer if you are just a collection cup. Do you know why the Dead Sea is dead? There's no outlet. If if you don't have an outlet and you are just a collector of the blessings of God, eventually it will stifle and die. But if there's an outlet If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. If it flows in and out, God will make sure that it keeps flowing in. Give of yourself. Give of your time. Give of your talents. Give everything that God has blessed you with. And God will continue to cause harvests to grow up in your life, that you reap the blessings of your giving. I'm telling you this morning from my own experience that God shall supply all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the promise of your word. Help us to understand that everything that you create gives. The sun gives light and heat. The earth gives food and produce. Everything that you created gives. You are a giver. You gave your only begotten son for us. You said freely we have received and you instructed us to freely give. Help us to lay aside the mindset that we will only retain what we hang on to. That's a false concept. In reality, we will only retain what we release. That's a spiritual concept. Help us to be givers of our time, givers of our encouragement for one another, givers of mercy and joy and peace and love and, and harmony and unity. Even if it costs us going the extra mile, Help us to understand the importance of giving. And then help us to understand that when we have given cheerfully, not grudgingly, not of necessity, help us to understand that when we give cheerfully, that you love a cheerful giver. And then when we plant our seed in good soil, it will come up again in our lives. Let the name of your son be glorified this morning in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I've prayed in Jesus' name. I just want to say this one thing. I did not preach this morning on this subject so that I could receive something. I ministered on this subject this morning because the instruction of the Holy Spirit brought me to this word. And I am wanting your resources to increase. I am wanting your joy to increase, your peace to increase. Everything that we sow, I'm, I'm looking for a harvest in your life and I'm wanting you to understand how critical it is to be a giver like our Father. Stand to your feet this morning. Come and sing. Come and sing.